I know some of y'all probably like, what? A new episode? Yes, sir. Brand new LCP. Man, you know, last episode, man, it was some things that I did not get off my chest, but we back, man. I got R. Kelly. You a nasty motherfucker, man. Like, when I ended last episode, I was like, it's some shit I did not get off my fucking chest, man. But let's boo this nigga straight from the jump. So, like I said last episode, man, the motherfuckers out there, outside the courtroom, it was a lot of women out there. Like, that's the part that shocked me. Like, we all know what R. Kelly's accused of. We all know the nasty shit he did. So, the fact that it's women out there who are supporting this motherfucker, man. Even women I follow on um, on um, Instagram, on social media, always posting R. Kelly. Oh, you know, I'm a, I'm a ride with R. Kelly no matter what. I don't give a fuck what he did. Them girls should have said no. Boo, you bitch. And I say that right now because, you know, we all have kids. So, a lot of you out there who have daughters who are 13, 14, 15 years old, to say that someone that young should just easily say no, as if it's black and white, because it's not. Especially when someone had, you know, the financial capabilities, the stature of a... Of a of R. Kelly. Like it's grown ass adults who wouldn't say no to R. Kelly when he was at the peak of his career. So what the fuck you think somebody 12, 13, 14 years old is going to do when you throw money in their face, especially when a lot of those girls came from under families that were not financially set. So when you throw money, you know, lavish lifestyle gifts, you know, going to this hotel, let's go to this, you know, this state, this country, I can buy you this. I can give you this money for school. Like when you throw those things in a young teen's face, like even adults wouldn't say no. So how the fuck you think kids are going to just easily turn that down? Now this morning, somebody sent me a video. It's a a throwback video. I guess, you know, with everything coming on now, so many videos are making the rounds and it's R. Kelly. This was an old concert where he was in Ethiopia. He was on stage Singing to the crowd saying which one of them girls want to come back to America Listen to this shit This is a nasty motherfucker You nasty man Do you have your passport? Did you get your shots? Girl would you like to come back with Rob to America? America Do you have your passport? Girl, would you like to come back with Rob to America? America, America, America. This nigga created a whole fucking melody over this shit. Boo, this nigga is singing, who wanna come back with me to America? Like, like, like I said, after the after the documentary dropped, especially now with everything that that's still going on with R. Kelly, like listening back to his old music, like you begin to listen to it from a different lens, from a different perspective. So when he sung like AJ, not not AJ, like when he sung like Bump and Grind, you know, just a lot of his biggest hits. 
Like my mind is telling Like all those old shits I just look at it now And listen to those lyrics from a nasty point Especially knowing that He was saying about A lot of the underage women back then So like I said um, It's okay to support R. Kelly If that's what you choose to do But you gotta think about it Because if you have a daughter You have nieces You have young adult women that you care about you got to be careful, man, because that shit, sen- it sends the wrong message. Like, if you following, you know, R. Kelly, you supporting R. Kelly, then that would make, especially now, going back to what people have said, even last episode with um, Drea Kelly, where she came out and she said that she hopes that now, by things, you know, coming out with R. Kelly, that the women are made to feel more comfortable. And I agree because a woman coming out and saying, yo, this man took advantage. This man did this. It should not be a death sentence or used as a way to shit on her or say that, you know, you allowed this to happen because we have to be open to listening. And that's something I feel like a lot of people aren't ready for. They aren't open to listening. They aren't open to just understanding that even though. The person being accused is someone that you may hold highly in terms of status. No one is exempt from doing something, man. But um, Kelly Price was missing, man. I know you guys heard about that shit. Like, you know, now with, uh, with um the story of Gabby Petito and a lot of motherfuckers out here going missing, sadly. Like, when I heard, I'm like, Kelly Price, no, no. Kelly Price done sung a lot of my favorite songs, man. From the early 2000s and back in the day. So when I heard Kelly Price, I'm like, oh shit, they done got her, man. But this way it gets confusing because, you know, her family could not contact Kelly Price. So they went to the police. They filed the missing person report. The police went over. You know, she lives in Atlanta. The police went over, tried to contact Kelly Price. They could not contact her. So at that point, she was inserted into the missing person's database. Now, the attorney came out and said, Kelly Price is not missing. She's just fine. The family said, we don't believe you. The fans said, we don't believe you. They said, we need to see Kelly Price ourselves so we can so we can see visually that she is not missing. Now, Kelly Price came out and she's she broke her silence. This is what she had to say. Some days later, a couple of days later. And the first thing I remember is the team of doctors standing around me and asking me if I knew what year it was. Wait, when you say they lost you, can you clarify what that means? Yeah, I, I, I died. I died. Mm. Um, some days later, a couple of days. Now, Kelly Price said that, you know, she was struggling with um, COVID-19 and that technically she passed away on the table. Now, that's tough to hear because... I lost a family member last year to COVID-19. Now, he was um, older, and he was in Brooklyn. He was in a nursing home, and, you know, COVID-19 spread around the nursing home, and sadly, he passed away. So, COVID-19 is not a joke. Like, it's not something to take lightly even now. The fact that, you know, states have kind of loosened up the restrictions, you know, when COVID-19 first came about, you know, it was lockdown. It was restrictions nonstop when motherfuckers was like, yo, I'm tired of being at the fucking house, man. I'm tired of this shit, man. <laughs> but 
hold on. Let's clap it up real quick for Kelly Price. And the fact that she is not missing that she is here. But it's a lot of shit to talk about, man. It's been a lot of fuckery, a lot of bullshit going on in the news, man. <laughs> I want to play some shit. I'm trying to find this fucking video, man. Now, where the fuck this shit is? I can't find this shit. Oh, yeah. Yo, Nene Leaks. That's who the fuck I want to speak about, man. Now, we know recently Greg Leaks passed away in, like, this is the kind of shit that always scares me. Like, passing away in my final moments and feeling alone. And, like I said, like, one of my biggest fears is getting into a car accident or something happening to where I take my last breath and there's nobody around me who I care about, nobody around me to kind of at least make me feel more comfortable having to transition now nini leaks you know recently like i said her husband greg leaks passed away and she detailed um some of his final moments now for me it was tough to listen to because like i always said i'm a visual thinker so when i visualize somebody's final moments i kind of put myself into into that person's shoes the person who is passing away so Listen to what Nene Leakes said about Greg Leakes, his final moments. And the caretaker. Otherwise, it would have been her only in there. I went in there and he took a big breath, kind of like with his shoulders, and then he stopped. And then I was kind of like talking to her and he took another breath. And she said to me, you know, I don't think Greg is breathing. And I said, yes, he is. He is breathing. And then I looked at him and he took another breath. And I said, okay, so you see, he is breathing. And then I went back over to him. I said, Greg, you okay? And I, his hands were really happened to go in the room with the caretaker. Otherwise, it would have been her only in there. Mm. I, I want to I clap it up, man. Like, I'm not clapping it up to be an asshole or be sarcastic, man. But, like, the fact that, that somebody can go through that and still be strong and, you know, just have the mindset to go on because... Like I said, over the summertime, man, um, I released the episode entitled, I believe it was Love in the Right Way, when my son's uncle, Overton Wright Jr., passed away. And deaths are always sad. Like, when my son's uncle passed away, it was sudden. We just seen him at a baby shower two days before. Now, in this case of Nene Leakes, but her, her husband, Greg Leakes, you know, it kind of was a gradual build up to where you kind of had time to prepare yourself for him passing away. But that still does not minimize the impact of somebody passing away. But like, let's one more time to clap. Man, I'm just happy that she was there by his side as he took his final breaths so he can tra- transition smoothly, knowing that those he loved and, and that those he cared about, that they were right there, man. Like I said, man, my biggest fear is passing away and the people I love and care about are not by my side. Now, to segue for a second, back to the R. Kelly situation. Now, we all remember the, um, the documentary, Surviving R. Kelly. Now, there was a woman on there by the name of, um, how you say her name? Is it Azriel Clary? Where she was on um, Good Morning America. Oh, shit. I, I forgot the fucking news show. The one with um, Gail King. She was on there last year with, um, it was, Azriel McClary and it was one other woman on there and they went on there they gave an interview they said that motherfuckers that they was lying on R. Kelly but they went on and spoke to Gail King I believe it was this morning or yesterday 
And she said everything we said on there last year was a lie. But this is what she had to say now, speaking to Gail King after R. Kelly was found convicted of a lot of charges. This is what she had to say today. He said in the interview that you did with us, yeah. what, what were you not honest about? Everything. 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 Yes. You, you know, before that interview, um, you know, he had us practicing every single day. Practicing what? Answering questions. And if he didn't like our answer, he would tell us exactly what to say and how to say it. So anytime you mention wow, anything. Asriel, yeah. I'm just, I'm stunned by this. <laughs> yeah. So, so anytime you mention. Go. Anytime you mention anything about sexual preference, we already know to say, I'm not here to talk about that. Because that's what he told us to say every single time. That's exactly time. what you said. First Between of all, I'm not you? here to talk about my personal life. Okay. And I would never share with no one what I do in or outside of the bedroom. So when the interview was over and you all mm. go back to his apartment, the three of you, what is the conversation? He was so happy. Uh, you said I would. Mm. That's a nasty motherfucker. Man. Now, like I said, I don't know if if um, this young woman is coming back out again because of everything now and you know she's using it for quote-unquote clout to kind of get her name back out there sell her business market herself i don't know but one thing i know is that r kelly is a nasty motherfucker man the nigga's an asshole he's a dumbass he's a pedophile and every other word you want to put in it now if you get offended by me calling him that i don't give a fuck that's one thing about the show about the podcast that you guys love is the fact that i'm raw i'm honest and if you feel a kind of way, it is what it is. But Jada Pinkett Smith, now, as we know, like the BBL, the Brazilian butt lifts, it has become a thing. Amongst especially women, minority women. Now, I know me as a man speaking on this, it kind of may rub somebody the wrong way because you guys are going to say, you know, if a woman is not happy with her body, if a woman is not happy the way her ass looks, then she has every right to go and try to make those changes so she can feel better about herself. And you guys are 100% correct, but it worries me. Now, Jada Pinkett Smith was on her show, Red Table Talk, which you guys can stream on Facebook. And she has some thoughts about the increased amount of women getting BBLs, especially, now hold on, before I play the clip, if you if you are going to get surgery, please go to somebody who is reputable, somebody who at least has an amazing history of performing the surgery correctly. I know motherfuckers want to save money, but stop getting BBLs and paying $800 and you get a BBL in somebody's basement, in the back of the store, the back of the, the fucking Walmart. No. If you're going to get a, baby, a BBL, make sure you go... To a location, like I said, that is reputable, a location to where you can get the surgery done and you can feel safe. But this is what Jada Pinkin had to say. Again, this is a clip. I'm not sure of how much he covered. This whole episode is impromptu. I ain't rehearsed shit. I don't got no topics written down. We off the top. Head beer. 
talking about this today, the BBLs, because I was considering getting one. Me too. <laughs> I think let's be real, okay? Yeah, I, I considered it. getting the tiniest little bit. You did. But then I just got in the gym and That's I got right. it anyway. And I told her, I said, you want a butt? One thing your mother know how to do is build a butt. Exactly. You built it. But I really to the point that people thought you got surgery. You know you're right. I just feel like there's always been so much more pressure on women yeah. to look a certain way. It is. You know, it's all about youth. So for somebody like me, the struggle has been extremely real. Like I had Botox and then you get to the point where mm. how much are you gonna do? Speak on it. I'm glad we're mm. Let's clap it up. Like I said, like I just love when celebrities can be open, can be honest, and admit if they had surgery or if they thought about it. Because a lot of celebrities, they be lying to you motherfuckers, man. They come on here, they sell you guys the fantasy, and a lot of people believe the fucking fantasy. So the fact that Jada, her mom, even Willow, can admit, yo, like I thought about getting surgery i decided against it but one thing that jada that jada pinkett smith said that i feel like is powerful is that i thought about getting a bbl but i decided not to and i just went in the gym i built my butt i built this ass now i know that going to the gym it's a longer process. It's not instant because getting a BBL, you could you could fucking walk into the room with a flat ass and you can come out with a badonkadonk. You could come out with the wow wow. Mm. I know that's what that's what a lot of that's what a lot of um you ladies want. You guys want to walk in flat ass. You want to come out with the ass, but it depends on what kind of ass are you coming out with. Like we've seen so many stories over the years where. It was a story a couple years back where a woman went to get the BBL done. She went to some stupid ass motherfucker and the woman put cement. She put cement inside her ass. Now, I believe the woman passed away or she was in critical condition because who the fuck gonna put cement inside your fucking ass? So ladies out there, if you if you thinking about getting a BBL or any kind of cosmetic work done, please just use your money and go to somebody reputable. Please don't go to some hole, some hole in the wall motherfucker who you think just going to save you money. Like sometimes saving extra money is not worth your life. It's not worth it. But speaking of some, something who's worth it. Now, I believe it was on the talk or was it the view where they had a conversation about gift. Oh, it was the real. The real. They had a conversation about in a relationship what kind of gifts should you buy your partner? Again, relationships where people are unmarried. What kind of gifts should you buy your partner? Because recently, um, let me see. It was money back, yo. It was his birthday. He is in a relationship with, I believe her name is Ari. And she surprised him with, with 28.8 acres of land. I repeat, she surprised him with 28.8 Acres of land. That is a lot of land. Let's clap it up for all. But I believe that the view, they raised the good point because the point they raised was, you know, if you are in a relationship, like, is there a gift limit? Now, first, I want to play what they said. Because what they said, mm-hmm, it's a lot of truth to the shit. But this is what they said on the real. Shit, the shit play. Should there be limits? 
in a relationship when you are not. Let me start over. Should there be limits placed on gifts in your relationship when you are not <laughs> married? Last year, last season, Lonnie and I were talking about don't act married if you're not married. Mm. This is acting married. That's a huge gift to someone that you're not even dating. I mean, you're not even married to. I feel like if a man gave me 28 whatever acres, I would feel obligated to stay with him if it didn't work. Would you accept that kind of gift from a man? Would I accept it? But that's what I'm saying. Should there be Mm. limits? Oh, my God. Now, this subject is a touchy subject. Let me put my phone down. This subject is touchy, and I say that because, first of all, people are going to say that she's hating for what she said. But she is 1,000% correct. If somebody gives you a gift that is that massive, because that's a gift that is lifelong. That's like if, if um, for example, if, if um, somebody is in a relationship, boyfriend, girlfriend, and like, let's say a man goes out and he buys his girlfriend a house, a big house, and gives her two cars. Now, they're not married, but gifts like that, they do put pressure on the person to stay with that person. Because, okay, if the boyfriend and girlfriend separate, now, the boyfriend is not just going to walk away and leave her with the house and two cars. So that that just that adds another obstacle to the relationship. And it does complicate things. It does. Now, even going back to my past now, when I was in college and um let me see. I went to college, it was I'm not going to say where because a lot of motherfuckers out there who know me may guess the person I'm talking about, but I was in a relationship for about maybe a year and a half and I bought her a phone. Now, I know some of you motherfuckers is laughing. Ah, you bought her a phone. We're talking about 28 acres of land. We're talking about mansions. No, but I was a broke college student, but I had a cell phone. She ain't have a cell phone. So you know how like when you first start dating somebody, it's nice, it's lovely. Like you just think it's going to last forever. And I did. So I was like, you know what? You don't got a phone. Your mom won't buy you a phone. So when I go home to New York City, I'm going to buy you a phone. I'm going to get the phone on. And every single month, I'll pay my phone bill and I'll pay yours as well. I know some of you motherfuckers like, that's a stupid. I know. I don't know why the fuck I lied to myself and just had this, this perception that shit was going to work. I was a dumbass. Ooh, you a lie. But um, I did it, though. And, you know, long story short, Fast forward to the end, we broke up. Now, I had a dilemma after the breakup. You know, I gave her this phone. I'm paying for the phone bill. Should I take the phone back or should I let her keep the phone? And, like, that's the dilemma that we have in relationships when we give gifts. Because, like, I'm going to keep it a honey. If I give a gift and I'm still paying for the gift, or if I give a gift that's of big value... Like when, like when we break up, I want my shit back. I know some of you motherfuckers gonna think, "Oh, that's that's fucking trifling." You a trifling motherfucker. You're damn right. If if we boyfriend girlfriend and I buy you some shit that I feel like is of a long term value, and we break up, I want my shit back. Now, if I buy you sneakers, clothes, I don't get fucked. That's whatever. But you know, again, I bought her a phone. We broke up, and I asked for the phone back. Now. 
Come to find out, she ain't have the phone no more. Her brother had the phone. Hmm. Now, that that just created an obstacle because the phone was hers. I had contact with her. I didn't really know her brother like that, so he had the phone. Again, I was paying for the phone. So this motherfucker got the phone that I pay for. So guess what I did? I called Sprint. I said, yo, that um that extra LG phone, cut the phone off. Boom. Phone off, service off. Next thing I know, I get a I get a text from a number. I'm like, who is this? He was like, yo, turn the phone back on. I'm like, who the fuck is this? Yo, this is so-and-so's brother. You know, she gave me the phone that she was paying for, but, you know, I tried to make a phone call to call my job and the phone don't work. I'm like, nigga, I don't give a fuck. So he got mad at me. Like, he started going back and forth trying to argue with me because I didn't turn the phone back on. I'm like, bro, this is the phone that I pay for. And again, like I said, it's just I, like I never got the phone back, but that phone was cut the fuck off. Now, now they probably got the phone back on and, you know, I just kind of chucked it up as it was an L. I bought her the phone thinking it was going to last forever. She did some fucked up shit. She cheated. I cut the phone off. It was whatever. But I learned my lesson from then to not do things of, I don't want to say high value, but don't go above and beyond buying a gift for someone if you can't see yourself with that person forever or if you guys haven't, you know, reached that point to talk about marriage and kids and just things that go beyond just the simple quote unquote dating. But that's something I had to learn. And like I said, I learned it when I was about 20 to 21, but it's people out here who are 30, 35, 40 fucking years old who still have not learned that yet. And that's the scary part. It's scary. It is. But um, I had a conversation this morning with a friend and she said something whew, that I feel like was very important in regards to social media and music because I forgot like ep- many episodes on this podcast. I spoke about music and the fact that music can play a part in how you feel about yourself. Music can play a part in your mood simply by what's said. But a lot of artists now, they they promote the fantasy. They rap about the fantasy, and that's not always the best. Now, I remember a couple years back when they asked Future, like, why does he always rap about drugs? And he said, like, I don't even do drugs like that. I rap about it because that is what people want to hear. And that's dangerous. It is. Because, again, it's not even just kids. A lot of men and women, adults, they are very impressionable. They believe everything that they see on social media. And it's, it's, I believe that it's a, it's a huge detriment towards mental health, towards healing, because you can go online, like you can wake up feeling happy, but then you go online and you see, you know, oh, I see my friends, you know, she has this, she has that. And you just see things that may not be true. But looking at the picture, it seems as if it's amazing. Things are going well and it's dangerous, man. Now, my friend sent me a text this morning about the fact that, you know, she has been doing better mentally because she has cut off a lot of the music that she listened to. So I want to clap it up, man.
Because that's important, man. Like, like I said, music music plays a huge part in your mental health because a lot of music is bullshit. It's marketing. They market towards what people want to hear and not necessarily what's best for them. But until motherfuckers realize that, they're not going to really understand. But she said, this is what she said. She said, I never was a music person, but it was like when I became a lawyer, I became a little thug or something, but I've been delivered. Thank you, Jesus. So you are certainly right about music affecting your mood and your behavior overall. And that's how I feel, man, because like I said, music plays a huge part in how we feel, what we do, the foods we eat, the kind of cars we want, the kind of house we want. So if you just steadily listening to bullshit and people push these fucking toxic agendas down your throat, then you will become depressed. Like even the strongest person will become depressed. If that is all they are hearing over and over and over and over again, man. But like I said, man, I just wanted to come on here to finish out my thoughts, kind of talk about some of the new shit kind of midweek, you know, recently, I kind of might do this in the future, man. Like, just pop on here midweek and kind of give you guys an update on, like, some like some stories, some topics that's going on midweek. Like, shit I don't want to save for next week, man. But I got a bonus episode dropping this weekend on Lunchroom Plus. It's probably going to be about, eh, it's going to be a full episode. But it's going to be a bonus that is exclusive to Lunchroom Plus. So, as always, make sure you guys stay tuned and share the podcast. I ain't going nowhere, man. It's your man, John A. Schultz. Brand new LCP. We out there, bitch.